this morning, the end of Rahab. Rahab gets about just our chapters mentioned in the Bible, but we have been on Rahab for about five weeks. And some of you scunnered when we going on about Rahab. Are you just again? And you're glad that it's a round off morning. I thought it was right to round our story off. If you don't care the story of Rahab, this is your first morning. I'll quickly recap. We spoke about in the previous weeks that the Israelites was to possess the promised land, a story of God's mercy, but also God's judgment. God had told Joshua, go to the land, possess the land. God had already been, he'd already seen, he reigned supreme. They just had to go, possess the land, flatten it, the land of Canaan and Jericho was part of that, so that God's people could worship him in a land flowing with milk and honey. But in the middle of the night, Joshua, for his previous bad experience, we send in spies out. He was one of the spies that was sent out previously. He says, I can something. I'm going to send two people that's going to go to the land, spy you, and see if the Lord's really going to be with us. About a pointless spying mission, God had already says, go, I'll be with you, conquer the land. But Rahab says, as the Bible says about us, this is then my description, the Bible says Rahab the prostitute. She was a lady of the night, she was wayward, but she had never kent God or God's wife. She just had heard that there was a God that rescued the Israelites from the hand of Pharaoh. So when the spies came, she hid the spies in her roof and begged them a prayer of salvation. When your God comes, we your people, please, can I be saved? Me and my family. And by the same scarlet red rope that led the spies out, is that was going to be the sign of salvation that the Israelites was going to come. And forever was in Rahab's house with a scarlet rope, a sign for us of God's blood through Jesus, that she and her family were going to be saved. And we spoke a few weeks ago. Mensha said a good lie. She was brought before the king, and the king says, about this spies, Rahab, you can, about these spies, Rahab said a good lie, and she says, no, nah, they're gone, but she hid him. And then the sign of salvation for us is now a red scarlet rope to hang on our windows when Jesus comes back, but it's the blood of Jesus running through our lives that when the day of judgment comes, and even now we can be saved for a life of sin, and we sang about it so powerfully, the blood of Jesus that sets us free for the power of sin, we don't need to go back to habitual being bound by a life of sin, but God rescues us in this present age for a life of rebellion, a life of sin, and one day, one day that we should be all looking forward to, not just set free for the power of sin, but the presence of sin, being in heaven with Jesus forever. And we spoke about there'll be no, gar- there'll be no snake in the garden this time. Temptation, things that you've struggled with on this earth, will they follow you? Fears, will they follow you? Death, will they follow you? Burdens, will they follow you? A place of absolute perfection, Jesus on the throne, forever, 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 because of the scarlet blood of Jesus 
on our life. When the angels come back and the trumpet sounds, they're not going to decipher humanity. If I was good, if I was on a good list, if I was on a naughty step, it's got to be far as the blood of Jesus and their life. And the Bible cars out through Hebrews. Such a great salvation. And when you hear about the good news of Jesus, your heart should pound, thank you, Jesus. If it was up to me and my strength to stand before a holy God and justify again into heaven through good behavior, of no hope at all, and neither of you, but we stand fully on the faith, through faith, the blood of Jesus that forgives our sins, and through that we receive the life of Jesus, the Holy Spirit that is our inheritance and our insurance. Well, life eternal forevermore. It's got to be such an amazing party. You've been to some good parties on earth. The greatest party the universe will ever see is the marriage supper of the Lamb forevermore. That's my recap. This message is not going to be as long as the back messages has, has been. This is a round off. I'm going to speak about legacy, Christian legacy. The last time I spoke on Rahab was speaking, oh, she's in heaven. We, Jesus, one day we'll get to meet Alan. You might say, or I might say, did I do a good job of preaching the message of your life? And she'll probably say, you could have done better, right? So, and that, it would have been a good place to stop because she's in heaven, and surely that's the end of the story. She's in heaven. Life continued on earth, but at that point, she breathed her last breath. She died. And you think, well, that's the end of her story. I want to tell you this morning, there's this thing called Christian legacy, Christ legacy, that continues even for you after you breathe your last breath. If I want to get out of your minds, is fit. the world sees as legacy, right? The world sees legacy and inheritance, and you don't need a Bible to understand this, is that if your parents die, you will receive fit. But they've left. You'll receive ooses, God willing, <laughs> money, God, just it gets passed on, right? I'm a, I'm a, you don't need a Bible to understand us. There's inheritance and legacy that gets passed on. But I want to speak to you about a Christ legacy that's got nothing at all to do with that. So empty your minds of what you see is legacy. In the world, today we fit you receive for somebody that dies previously or for you might pass on. That would exclude single people that has no physical kids. But Christ's promise is so strong and so powerful that we will are in Christ has spiritual legacy that includes single people. It includes people that have no material possessions to pass on. So this includes single people with no kids and poor people. The world speaks a legacy. It's about stuff like that. That's not a biblical legacy. Rahab's legacy. In some way, we're our Jesus' legacy. If legacy would just involve being married, hand kids, and hand stuff, Jesus would have no legacy. But we are part of the Jesus' legacy. That for the cross. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross. That he would see the world and you as an individual as a lost sinner in need of a savior. 
And 2,000 years ago, he died a criminal's death. Yeah, he was pure and he was spotless. He was a lamb that was slain, not just for to impact people that he touched while he lived. But through the resurrection and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, us 2,000 years after would still be called the family, the eternal family of God. This is the Jesus legacy. He's seen eternity, past, present, and future, and he's seen you. And he came to die, and we are part of the Jesus legacy, the family of God. Biblical legacy. Jesus gathered people before him, disciples, knowing that he had to teach them, he had to show them the Christ life, the life of a loving Father, creating legacy, knowing that he would go and some people would have to move with what he taught them. Legacy. Most of that guys were single, their kids, but there's legacy. Rahab's legacy. Joshua chapter 6. This is how the last verse about her life in the Old Testament. Verse 24, the Israelites burned the town and everything in it. Only the things made from silver, gold, bronze, or iron were kept for the treasury of the Lord's house. Joshua spared Rahab the prostitute. That was our history. It was soon to become his story. And her relatives who were with her in the house because she had hidden the spies Joshua sent to Jericho. And she lives among the Israelites to this day. Legacy. She got just our chapter in the Old Testament. She got saved. And it just says she got saved and then she settled amongst the family of God. That's it. That's her story. If Rahab had died without faith, without that story of faith, she would have been demolished with the rest of Jericho. But through faith, she hid the spies. She's recorded in Scripture. And the rest of her story is she settled in fellowship. She settled amongst God's people. She came in a true fellowship. Which, in fact, the Bible says in Psalm 78, 4, we will not hide them from their descendants. We will tell the next generation, the next generation, legacy, the praiseworthy deeds of the Lord. The story of Rahab was passed from generation to generation to generation. We will tell the next generation, the praiseworthy deeds of the Lord, legacy. Not just you being a Christian, being saved, but the next generation that's relying on people before him to leave him something of spiritual worth. The prayers were the deeds of the Lord, his power and the wonders he has done. Psalm 145, great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. His greatness no one can fathom. One generation commends your works to another, the tale of your mighty acts. We have the absolute privilege of the word of God. But the stories are old were simply passed from generation to generation, then recorded. One generation commends your works to another, the tale of your mighty acts. The story of Rahab was passed from generation to generation. 
You might think you're just an insignificant piece of dust on planet earth, and when you go, that's your story finished. God promises His people legacy, part of His family. If we think that that's the work that God finished and when we, when we go to be with Him, is God then limited to answering all your prayers before you breathe your last breath? Or does your prayers that fills the bowls of incense in heaven can be answered after you go and be with Him? Legacy. Your life means something. Rahab's life meant something more than just our chapter of the Word of God, because somebody would write the book of Hebrews and are the champions of faith. Abraham, Isaac, through faith, through faith, Daniel shut the mouth of lions. As mentioned in Hebrews, is a champion of faith. By faith, the prostitute Rahab because she welcomed the spies, was not killed with those who were disobedient. Legacy. James, in writing his letter to the churches, says this in chapter 2, speaking about faith and works working together. And so it happened, just as the Scriptures say, Abraham believed God, and God counted him as righteous because of his faith. He was even called a friend of God. So you see, we are not shown by, to be right with God by what we do, not by faith alone. We're shown to be right with God by what we do, not by faith alone. He was looking for another example. He could have put in Noah for built the boat to save humanity. He could have put in Noah. He could have put in Moses that seen the parting of the Red Sea to rescue the Jewish people. But James had heard a story, legacy. He'd heard that Abraham, and he was worthy of a mention, looking for a story that would explain how somebody with faith can get right with God and short by fit the day. Why was he going to turn to next after Abraham? Abraham's seen as a man, a champion of faith, the father of faith. Abraham, you've probably guessed by now. Next example. Rahab the prostitute is another example. She was shown to be right with God by her actions when she hid those messengers and sent them away safely by a different road. Just as the body is dead without breath, so also faith is dead without good works. The Bible links a guy called Abraham, exemplary character, the father of faith. God would birth nations through this guy. Now, history or being a wanderer, just plucked by grace, and God would do miracles through this man. And God marries Abraham's faith in Rahab. But didn't the king, Yahweh, wasn't he brought up in church? was wayward profession, difficulty, relational problems. And God marries them together and says, faith will save the Abrahams, faith will save the Rahabs, and God will change our lives. Some Abrahams in here, you got saved through the kids' work. You get saved through the Sunday school, the powerhouse, and you've never departed. 
If I hear I got saved at Sunday school or kids' work, show of hands, if I got saved. You got saved through these things. That's why we should invest in community kids. Legacy. They're still here. They're still worshiping Jesus. Faith saves them. And the same faith and the same God saves the Rahabs. I'm not going to ask for that show of hands, please. Then they, didn't they go to Sunday school? That wasn't it brocked up right. That went wayward. They go into relational difficulties with everything in Aberdeen. Yet God says there was a guy called Abraham and he got saved through faith and God changed his life. And there was a woman, legacy. But still, James was looking for a person to explain what he was meaning to do with faith and deeds. And he'd heard about Rahab. And he searched and through the Holy Spirit looked at other examples and came to Rahab to show the world that God changes these people. The young, the old, different backgrounds, male, female, faith, changed lives, legacy. Your life will leave a legacy. The best legacy of all. Matthew chapter 1. Matthew chapter 1. This blows my mind. Some of you will care for my what I say. Legacy. Spiritual legacy. Matthew chapter 1 starts, I'm sure you have recited this verses because you love the genealogies, didn't you? You do not skip past the genealogies when you're reading the Bible, do you? <laughs> you study them. In Chronicles, it's just a great book for that. And the genealogy of Jesus, Matthew's explaining the record, the ancestors of Jesus, the Messiah, descendant of David and of Abraham. For verse 4, Ram was the father of Aminadab. Aminadab was the father of Nashon. Nashon was the father of Salmon. Next verse. Salmon was the father of Boaz. His mother was Rahab. Boaz was the father of Obed. His mother was Ruth. All she did was dwell. Remained with the Israelites. That's all she did. Got saved and remained. Obed was the father of Jesse. Next verse. Jesse was the father of King David. David was the father of Solomon, and it goes on. Rahab, God saved, remained with the Israelites. Her and Salmon, a good Scottish name, Salmon, like her Salmon, right? Just dwelled in Bethlehem. So how they did. Dwelled in fellowship in Bethlehem. Bethlehem, the house of bread. That's what it means, Bethlehem, house of bread. Stayed in the house of plenty, never lacking, in fellowship. In the, you, some of you will the story of Ruth, an Old Testament grafted in. Simon was a father of Boaz, whose mother was, was Rahab. Near recorded as the prostitute Rahab this time. Mother was Rahab, legacy. 
Boaz was the father of Obed, whose mother was Ruth. Obed was the father of Jesse. Jesse was the father of King David. Rahab was King David's great, great, great granny. If my sums are right. Rahab would never have met King David. She, she, do you think Rahab knew that in a few generations' time that this anointed little dude would be anointed to be king and then slay Goliath and then be God's chosen one to be the king of Israel, the anointed one that was to be spoken about for generation to generation to generation? Do you think she knew? And I think she had a clue. She got saved. She remained. God made a legacy through that woman. Legacy. We think our thing begins and ends with your life, doesn't it? You leave a legacy, a spiritual legacy. And if that wasn't enough to be part of the genealogy of King David, you keep reading. And you keep reading, and you keep reading, and you keep reading. And she's a direct descendant, Mary's side, the mother of Jesus. And our history will record that there was a prostitute, a Rahab, that got saved, remained in Israel, part of Jewish people, became the great, great, great granny, King David. And then Jesus was to be born far out Bethlehem. And his mom, he would trace her right away back. I'm not going to say this, but there's an awful lot of grits. And then you get to Rahab. Because Jesus is not ashamed of his people. If I was writing the gospel, if I was God, I'd pull the mark, the genealogy or the savior, priests, Kings, prime ministers, educated, the well-loved and well-liked than the savior of the world, because that's what God would really like if I was God. Jesus is near me. He's not ashamed that he looked. He's already seen and already been. And he's seen somebody, a wayward woman, a prostitute that was in Jericho, and he's seen, I want to come through people like that. Normal people with trials and problems. Yes, kings, yes, priests, but the Rahabs, the Rahabs. Legacy. Christ came through the legacy of Rahab. Did she ken it? One day she will. If I were you, Apostle Paul, never married, never had a kid, said this in 2 Timothy. He was thinking about legacy, a man with a message. The doctrine of the body of Christ fully came through Paul, a great preacher of the Word of God. But he had a, a guy, a little apprentice, Timothy. Paul's coming at the end of his life. And writes us to Timothy, what you've heard from me in the presence of many witnesses. I've taught you, Paul. I've taught you, Timothy. I've taught you the doctrines of faith. I've been an example. And I've entrusted this message to faithful men 
because I'm going to be with the Father and they will be able to teach for I have taught them. Legacy. Being in the family of God, get saved, remain in fellowship. Why are you here? You don't have to be here. Jesus made you a Christian. If you was not to turn up by Sunday morning, you'd still be a Christian. But by coming together as a family of God, we create legacy in the Brock and Turf in the Northeast and beyond. Because there's a bunch of people doing stairs. And they need to see people that are serious for Jesus that will show up in the glory cloud and the refiner's fire because they need examples. If we are flaky Christians, they will see a bunch of people that's never that serious about Jesus and haven't they passed on the doctrines of faith. But hope have they got in this world they're learning it for YouTube. You mean something when you turn up. You ask the kids downstairs. Legacy. And they're worried about money. We fast gone, we far. Fast joined together in different families. They look at us when we worship, creating legacy that they catch. We should create waves that they get to surf. They'll struggle to find a good Christian example in the world today about morals. Far as you got to learn these things. Far as got to teach them the scriptures. About prayer, praying together, prayer meetings. It's often said, I'm not sure if I'll go out, I can't for I'll get. Church life and being a family of God is not always about you getting something. Paul says, I've got something to give. The doctrines of faith. I'm an example. I turn up, I show up, I do the stuff. Because I need a good meeting. Paul didn't need a good meeting. He created good meetings through Jesus. But he knew that his life was near an island to be lived on his own. But he was interested in legacy. What am I passing on? Our people seeing it's unavoidable. It's not just about us. Rahab's life shines like a light. But did she do? She got saved. And she remained amongst God's people. Never recorded that she did a miracle. She never did a miracle. She never led anybody into battle. She never struck a rock and water came out. She never seen through her some bit of wood become a snake. She never did any miracles. She got saved and she remained amongst God's people. And she shines like a light to me. She went to heaven, but she left a legacy years after. Like James would write about her. Thousands of years later, the writer of Hebrews would write about her. I would preach on her for five weeks. Never met the woman. Never met her direct offspring. Legacy. People, you've got legacy to think about as you do your life. Jesus grafts us in, fit as he say, about legacy, because we need to hear she just remained. John chapter 15, the truth of the vine. That's an amazing truth that Jesus spoke about. 
it's an analogy, it's a truth, it's a little bit of follow. If you want some good reading, just read us in your quiet time. You'll not catch it uh, just now. Yes, I am the vine. You are the branches. Those who remain, just remain in me, and I in them will produce. Your job remain in Jesus. Christ's job through you, you will produce. Nay ifs, nay buts, nay maybes, nay if you've got the right amount of money in the bank, nay if you've got the right relationships, will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Next verse. I'll, I'll read it for here. We'll go through this quick, okay? If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burnt. If you remain in me, just remain. Remain in Christ, remain in his love. And my word remains in you. Ask whatever you wish, it will be done for you. Verse 8, this is to my Father's glory, that you would bear much fruit. You will bear much fruit. That's God's job through you if you remain in him. Showing yourself to be kingdom fruit, my disciples. Verse 9, as the Father has loved me, I have loved you. Remain in my love. Didn't I draft, didn't I chisel, just remain in my love. Remain in me. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love. Just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I've told you this so that my joy may be in you. You will experience his joy and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Remain in me, remain in fellowship. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I call you friends. Again, this is a bit wordy, but here we go. For everything that I learned from my father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you. I pointed you so that you might go and bear fruit. Legacy. Fruit that will fit. Fruit that will last. And so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. This is my command. Love each other. He says, ah, this and the point is this. Remain. Rahab got saved. She was a prostitute, but she got saved. She said a salvation prayer, I want to be saved. God says, okay. The last scripture about her says, and she remained with God's people until she day, until this day, until we would say the day she died. Jesus then comes and says, just remain. Remain in my love. Remain. Stay. You get saved, stay with me. That's what Jesus is saying. Not only stay with me, stay with God's people. Love each other. This is my command. Stay in fit. This isn't just for you. Love each other. And Jesus' promise, fruit, much fruit, lasting fruit. He's saying this, even though you go, your life will still be fruitful after you go. Stories will be shared about you after you go. That could be natural heritage, but a supernatural Christ heritage is, even after you go, Christ is outworking his plan of salvation like Rahab to bring Jesus into people's life after you go. That's much fruit. That's lasting fruit. And that's God's promise to you. 
You're praying for a revival that you might never see. Praise the Lord. You're praying for the salvation of your kids, and you might never see them come to faith. And God might answer you after you go. We've got to keep praying for the generations to come. Legacy. We might ne never see on earth this, people, this church full of young people in some Christian mosh pit. We've got to keep praying for them. Legacy. That we pass on. Jesus also speaks about the good word landing in good soil, the heart that will produce a harvest up to a hundred times that which was planted. But Jesus has now committed on a time scale that he must do that within your lifespan. Rahab, if she didn't come to faith, she would have been obliterated like the rest of Jericho. She got saved and all she did was remain Christian legacy. If I want to Jesus' legacy, I don't want to be obliterated like the Jericho's. Jesus to do something whether I'm on earth or not through my life, through my prayers, through my witness, through my testimony, through us just coming together, through us being a Sunday school and powerhouse and youth to leave something of spiritual legacy in the brook. I might be the product of somebody else's prayers. You ever thought of that? Legacy. A granny sitting here. Maybe not just her legacy, but people that came before her. Legacy. Somebody I've never met. Might have been praying for me. They go to heaven. Here I am. Legacy. Have you got a drum down to you yet? Your prayers matter. You remain in matter. You think you're a speck of dust. It doesn't matter whether I come a day or not. I'll just bite it here. It's not for me. I might not get much for the meeting. We together create legacy. A spiritual witness in the Northeast of Christ's salvation power. God values you. He wants you. Remain in Him. Remain in love with each other. And God's job is fruit. Much fruit, lasting fruit. He puts no conditions on it. He never says, oh, well, if you're in the right place at the right time, da 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 da. Kingdom fruit. How He does it is near my job. If it looks like it's near my job, God's promises are yes and amen. He will do it. And he'll take the Abrahams. And he'll take the Rahabs. And he'll say, have faith in me. Repent. Do the right thing. Faith in action. And you will shine like a star for all eternity. And maybe we'll get to see in eternity the things that came after us. The prayers that was answered after we went in was we him. I'm just got to close in prayer. I ask uh, Gilbert and Miriam to come up. Legacy. Maybe this is just a call and they get give up. Can we get disappointed? I think we get disappointed when we think our life's just about us. That we achieve. Sometimes it doesn't look like much. And sometimes we think other people are doing better than us. We have a bit of history. A difficult history. Yet as soon as she got saved, 
Her history became his story. Grafted into this wonderful spiritual family called church. God changed her legacy. Father would come after her. God changed that through her faith. Amazing. But God does through legacy. Not just me and my island and for I will die until the day I die. For them that would come after. I'm saying this because we as a church we need to be concerned about legacy. What we're passing on. The discipleship. Paul didn't need discipleship. But he knew that Timothy did. And often we can think I'm not sure if I'll get much for that. But it's about passing on. But we have learned so that others might benefit. Legacy. I pray for our legacy as a church. This church, birthed in 1996. 27 year. Founding fathers have left us a great legacy and some of them are not going to be with the Lord yet. A heart of generosity, of faith, moving to the Holy Spirit, putting Jesus first. These people showed up and times was tough and they kept coming. And they never boast about stuff like this because they keep showing up. Even when times have been tough and they struggle with sickness and they still show up. But they leave for us, it's coming up, I would be a second generation. Legacy. You've got to capture their heart and capture their keenness. Because you've got to go through some stuff and you only got to feel like showing up. Legacy. It's not a book that they've written, it's far they are. Legacy. We'll always replicate far we are amongst other people. Legacy. It goes for that. All our generation, right down to the youngest person in this meeting, we create legacy. I'm going to pray for the legacy of us as a fellowship. Spiritual legacy. Jesus, we thank you for all that has gone before. the legacy of this fellowship for over 20 years of good service, the people that have gone before, that have showed, for us to keep worshiping, to keep praying, to keep loving, to treasure God's Word, to preach the gospel, to turn up, to pray for young people, to pray for the Spirit to move, we pray, Jesus, that our fellowship and other fellowships, witnesses in the Northeast, would leave a good mark in this communities. Near mark that Jesus is third or fourth or convenient to us. But mark that we love Jesus, that we're worshippers, that we love the Word of God, that we're keen to fellowship, we love each other. We pray, Jesus, for fruit that you have promised. We pray for the kids downstairs. We pray for every 
young person that's came through powerhouse in youth. Some of them might be wayward at this point. We thank you that there's always hope in Jesus, and you're the imperishable seed in their life. And they maybe got saved when they were five or six or seven in this hall. Maybe since then, they've hardly given you a second thought. But we pray in Jesus' name that you would water upon the imperishable seed, that you would bring the increase. And God, there'd be a legacy of faith left in the Brock and Turriff and the surrounding areas that the church would shine like a lighthouse in a dark place, that we would see kingdom legacy, kingdom fruit, that even if we was to go and be with Jesus a day and you wouldn't have been coming back, that God, there'll still be people turning up. There'll still be people getting saved. There'll still be the gospel being preached. There'll still be Christians learning the doctrines of faith. But right now, we just rest and we just remain in your love and loving each other. We thank you for the story of Rahab, how you could take somebody, snatch her for Jericho, a life not knowing Yahweh, a life of waywardness. You turn our life around and yet we see her, that the Christ seed was found even in her. And we pray that you outwork your plan of salvation in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's praise Jesus together. Let's take up our tithes and offerings. But let's not leave here without regarding our lives before Jesus. Maybe you need to examine your heart. God has plucked you. Is it either Abraham or Rahab for a plan and a purpose to change, <coughs> change geologies, genealogies, There'll be a lineage or grace or power or kingdom, a spiritual legacy, spiritual renewal. Come and confirm your word by your spirit in Jesus' name.